the Fox show. Um, you're listening, you're tuning in in your car somewhere. You're watching, you're wondering who are these guys, you know, I stumbled on. Christopher Walken's on the show. I'm not sure. Is he? Maybe. <laughs> This week on the What The Fog Show. How's it going? My name's Phil Burke. Uh, I'm on the What The Fog Show. No idea what the fuck I'm doing here. Mother Falker called me up and I'm fucking doing it. But uh, join in, tune in, have a laugh and a great time. And just fucking be responsible. This is the What The Falk Show. How the fuck are you doing? My name is Connor Falk. What is the What The Falk Show? Well, what the fuck is this? How the fuck is that? The what The Falk Show is by me. My last name is Falk. Sounds like a bad word, but it's not. So we like to play with it on the show. How the fuck is this? Oh, you really fucking did that? Well, that's fucking cool. So you can kind of try. Go to school next day. You're technically not using a bad word. You're just using the What The Falk Show, which is available on what? It's available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Directory, my parents' phone, and the text message I just sent you. What The Falk Show has amazing sponsors. First sponsor, Pizza. Are you a fan of pizza? You like pizza? Dairy, bread, mozzarella, ooh, some parmesan, some pepperoni, maybe some bacon, and some olive oil. Ooh, sorry, I got a little ahead of myself. I love pizza. Ferris Pizza, the sponsor with the Falk Show. Ferris Pizza's got the best pizza for the best price with the most love in it. Check them out at ferrispizza.com. Next time you're based with California, please check out Ferris Pizza. Now, the newest sponsor with the Falk Show, American Comfort Limousines. American Comfort Limo is, is the kind of company that provides luxury transportation services the highest quality standard to over 550 cities in the United States, over 150 reservation cities available, and anytime you want to get a hold of them, go on their 24-7 app, AmericanComfortLimo.com. Really excited to welcome them to What the Falk Show family. That's one thing I love, pizza. That's another thing I love is traveling and traveling in style. That's what you do with the American Comfort Limousine. Here on What the Falk Show, we have guests, we have interviews. It's an interview-type format show. I interview those from entertainment, from sports, from music, from food, from fitness, from space, people who work in space, things, anything I can do, any person I can find to provide some interesting conversation, some witty conversation that has some informational value for your day. Whether you're bored at work, you're stuck in traffic, you're at school, your boyfriend or girlfriend's talking too much, or a personal favorite of mine, maybe you're playing a video game. You can find me on What the Falk Show. What the Falk Show is on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Director, as I said, but on social media at my WTF show on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and soon enough, as soon as I can bear it and get the confidence, I'll go ahead and do a Snapchat. Now, my guest this week's actor, Phil Burke. Most notably, you know him on AMC's Hell on Wheels. It's an amazing Western type show. It's on AMC, so they've created what? They've created Fear the Walking Dead, The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, to name a few. So it's gritty, it's in your face, and it's really interesting. It's about the trains being built, the rail ways in the United States in the early days. So them trying to build all the connecting trains, you have Union Pacific, you have the bigger type of companies and the kind of monopolies and things that they're dealing with. And obviously all the political and, and the hard work and the things that are happening in terms of the people who are actually building the railways. Now, Phil Burke played Mickey McGinnis. Mickey McGinnis was an Irish descendant who kind of comes on the show. He's a uh, he's come from a different country, obviously trying to find his way, trying to make his way in the country and in this setting in the American West, in the railways. It's really interesting to watch his character. So five seasons this show was on AMC. So he's going to be getting some nice residuals. So it shows you how good it was. Just wrapped up. It's on Netflix. So go ahead and check it out now. It's also on Hulu. So check out Hell on Wheels on AMC. Check out the What the Falk Show on the sites I told you. Have a great Falcon time listening. I'm really fucking excited you took a chance to listen. Phil Burke, actor from AMC's Hell on Wheels here on the What the Falk Show. Hello. Hi there. Is this Phil Burke? Hey, what's going on? How the fuck are you doing, man? I'm good. How's it going? It's good. I'm excited to have you on the show, dude. I appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. So I wanted to go ahead and, uh, you know, I went ahead and did an intro before and I talked about all your work on many different shows. Obviously, as Mickey McGinnis on Hell on Wheels, I'm a huge fan. Just wrapped up a great five seasons on that show. And uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about that and your career and anything and everything in between. You stoked? Yeah, man. I'm fucking, I'm 
just happy to be here. Thanks very much. Fuck yeah, man. Okay, now, all my research for you, Phil, like, I looked around, I, I did as many different things as I could, I checked out your agency and different things. It says you're Irish-Canadian, but didn't say exactly what parts. What parts of those countries are you from? Uh, I was born in Toronto. Okay. And, uh, born in Toronto and was, uh, lucky enough to have a very interesting upbringing where I, uh, traveled, uh, quite a bit back and forth, um, between Canada and Ireland. Okay. And most of my family, well, they come from Cork in the southern part of Ireland, and now uh, mainly they're in uh, Cork, Galway, and a few bits in Limerick. Awesome. So now, was there an entertainment background? Was it kind of a uh, artistic family? No. No. Well, okay. I mean, I hesitate to say no because, uh, I mean, I think I think most Irishmen, most Irish people, rather, are, uh, are typically uh, entertainers in their own right. There's something within the DNA, you know? There's something that... Okay, <laughs> nice. That... Uh, just storytelling, uh, singing song, you know, being around the kitchen, around the fire, just sort of trading away. And uh, I think that's just sort of inherent. I mean, when you look at the uh, the wonderful writers, you know, Brendan Behan, James Joyce, uh, Oscar Wilde, like, uh, the list goes on. So just, mean, there's just something within that sort of culture that is innately entertaining. And I think uh, I think most people would, would be able to say that, which is... Perhaps maybe one of the reasons why we spread like wildfire across the earth. <laughs> so just entertaining people overall. So it's safe to say that if you have an Irish person at a party, they're bound to be the life of the party. Would that be right? Sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, can be. I mean, uh, there's a lot of possibilities. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I mean, um, I know my friends tend to be uh, a little bit more on the boisterous side, but okay. I don't know whether that's a reflection of our sort of microcosm of degenerates, or uh, <laughs> or, or if that's a that's a very broad paintbrush. Yeah, well, regardless, uh, it's certainly interesting here, and, and we'll start. You know, so you can go ahead and start in Canada, and from there, now, were you acting at an early age over there before you started studying in New York? Yeah, me and uh, I had a bunch of guys, uh, guys with the high school with, and even before that, I mean, I, I was uh, I was in the school play when I was six. Oh wow! Okay. Seven. I always had an interest um, in it for whatever reason, and then you know, as I got older, there was there was more bits and pieces that sort of came in. Uh, I fell in love with Dances with Wolves. And, oh, awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a crazy story in itself. And then uh, then throughout sort of middle school and high school, we um, I was lucky enough to be uh, around a, a group of friends uh, who are still my best friends to this day. Um, and we just all sort of had similar interests, be it, you know, Kiss, ACDC, Heck yeah. drama. I love uh, ACDC. Baseball, rugby. Didn't really matter. Like, we were all sort of together and we used to put on shows you know in the cafe at lunch or you know we'd be in the the local uh theater uh what do we call that uh competitions or okay. school plays and you know i was one of those you know weird sort of dudes who was you know captain of the sports teams but was also part of the drama club and all that kind of jazz so well, that's fucking was, cool um, yeah we, we, we kept it spicy yeah. It, made, it made for an interesting, uh, an interesting life in high school. Yeah, I know what that's like because I was always a movie nerd, TV nerd my entire life, but I love sports. So it was kind of a, a weird kind of combination. You you think you just have the AV theater people on one side, then the jocks on one side, but nowadays, last you know decades and whatnot, people are just becoming both. You know, everyone has so many interests, and it's pretty interesting. So you know, when you go from Canada and you come over there, and then you start no- studying in New York, like why why New York specifically did you choose to kind of hone your craft? Well, because um, it sort of harkens back to the Dances with Wolves. Okay. I, um, when I was eight years old, I had uh, I, I would get up for hockey practice at you know the crack of ass in the morning, <laughs> and uh, 
we had to, you know, you had to go rent a video. And so Friday nights, my parents would usually rent a video down, uh, down on Lakeshore Road from our local shop called the Video Post. Okay. And they, you know, they'd allow me to, you know, select one movie before I'd go to bed. And, you know, it was always like, you know, Superman or Goonies or Princess <laughs> Bride or Heck yeah. whatever. And, uh, and, and, and then, um, so I'd watch my movie, they'd kick me off to bed, and then they'd watch their more sort of Serious adult movie. movies in yeah. the non-pornographic sense. <laughs> and uh, and uh, then I'd get to come in in the morning, and I'd put my hockey equipment on downstairs, waiting for my parents to you know get up and drive me to hockey practice. But I'd usually be able to get an hour in or what have you of their movie. And then this one day, uh, you know, 1990, it was Dances with Wolves, and I remember watching that movie and saying that, that is what I want to do with the rest of my life. I mean, that is where where I, I want to be able to tell stories like that. I want to be part yeah. of a big sweeping epic. I want to be part of this incredible, uh, this just this incredible just thing. Ju- I want to use another word for story, but I'm losing it. Journey. I'm bring on my thesaurus. Maybe the incredible but, journey. Uh, but anyways, it's just big story that's bigger than you. That means something. That tells something. That conveys emotion and yeah. And, and uh, and really sort of just is it's it's bigger than you. And I just completely got sucked in and drawn in. So that sort of that sort of gave me another little push in that direction. And then when I was uh, twelve, maybe thirteen years old, on Saturdays you'd get the Saturday paper, and it's the big paper, right? So um, it'd be the Toronto Star, and I would always get the sports first, and I'd get the comics, and then I'd read the entertainment. And uh, one time I opened up this entertainment, and lo and behold, there's a picture of Danny DeVito and Robert Redford in this ad for American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and I was like, I know that guy. I know NBA. that guy. Heck yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, and then I was like, I want to go to that school. And um, you know, six seven years later, uh, here I or here I was in New York, and I was going to the school that I picked out seven years ago. It was that simple. Well, Phil, I think it's great, especially when you talk about Dance with Wolves. You talk about the kind of motivation and kind of what started your love of film, because part of the what the fall show, what we try to do, and what you're doing right now is you're gonna you're providing an insight and a point of view for somebody else out there, whether it's in Toronto or Ireland or in America or a different planet. You never know. You're gonna give them some insight about what it takes and maybe what it took for you to kind of be successful and everything in between. So again, I appreciate you talking about it. So next up, you're talking about earlier work. You're in NYC, and then you get yourself on Law and Order. You get yourself on The Good Wife. What was it? I mean, how scary and nervous was that? when you walk into those auditions <laughs> well the good life wasn't until years after yeah later law on order was uh law and order was one of my first that was my first tv gig i'd done a bunch of commercials before and some really shitty theater <laughs> and like really bad theater like just <laughs> <Yeah>. horrible theater <laughs> we had like, fun though right yeah, fun. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, you know, it's all a learning experience, you know, some are, you know, I always say, somebody asked me a question the other day in another interview, they're like, uh, you know, what, you know, what shows have you done, or what, what's your favorite show, and I'm like, I've done a lot, some better than others, all worthwhile. Yeah, okay, uh, awesome. You know, because you're always going to learn from anything you do, if you're open-minded enough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember doing shows under staircases, on top of, in the middle of busy bars, um, on the streets in Times Square, up this one really horribly built building that was going to crumble at any moment. And we were on like the top floor, the 12th floor, at like 39th and 12th, maybe, 11th. And it was horrible. And it was part of this really shitty show. Okay. I forget what it's called. I don't really want to say it because just in case something <laughs> But it was just god-awful. And I, I remember... We had to talk so fast, and this is what the director wanted. And I was like, nobody's really understanding what we're doing. 
and it was it wasn't necessarily interactive theater but it sort of had that sort of element of the theater was around the audience yeah or the play was around the audience and it was really horrible and i remember a couple of my friends came and a couple of well-to-do actors um then and now and they're like dude nice work what the hell were you doing <laughs> what was that about and i was like bro i have no idea i'm really sorry man like you know thanks for coming out but then uh yeah then going on law and order um you know, fast forward doing, you know, boatloads of commercials and, uh, again, really shitty theater. <laughs> um, then I, uh, then I got this gig on Law and Order and, uh, I, you know, I got to kill myself and have a nice sort of scene. And I remember being there and I got in and I was all jazzed and, you know, but you don't ever want to be that guy. Hey, how you going? Hey, what's up? Hey, <laughs> you know, you got to know your role. You're a day yeah, player. You're there to work. Yeah. Whether you're under five or a day player or a guest star or what have you, like you're jumping into somebody else's machine. Mm. So you've just got to just go in, do your job, and you know, and walk out. Like, don't be that guy who's trying to be with everybody or talk to everybody. Heaven forbid you're the guy who starts making ridiculous choices, as in telling people what you're going to do or Oof. telling them, you know, changing lines or anything like that. I mean, like, okay. You're just you're just going in there for a day, but anyways, I went in and I was lucky enough to uh, to work and act with uh, the late great Dennis Farina. Yeah, rest in peace. And uh, he was uh, we were in the makeup chair side by side, and he was really cool. And he was like, "Oh, hey, kid. So, what are you, dead guy?" <laughs> I was like, "Well, I got a couple scenes before that, but uh, yeah." And he's like, "Ah, good for you." And I was like, "So, who do you play?" And he's like, are you "Kidding me?" And I was like, "No, I never seen you before. So what do you got? What oh, do you got? Man. Oh, are you playing? Are you are you playing dead guy number two? And he looks over at me and he goes, "Kid, I like you. You got balls. <laughs> I like you. You're all right." So we sort of had a chuckle. And then, funny enough, one of the greatest things from that experience was uh, Jesse L. Martin. Um, okay, was uh, was the other cop in that show did for years, and uh, him and I sort of hooked up. Or not hooked up, but like sort of had a great sort of chat on set. Okay. And then a few years later, um, one of my other friends, who's a you know uh, a, a big actress who knew him, and they did a they did a thing together in South Africa, and she was like, "Hey, come come meet my friend for lunch or whatever." And then I start walking up the street, and Jesse sort of gets up and goes, "I remember you. I know you." And then he's like, "Hey, do you play poker?" I said, "Yeah, I play poker." He's like, "Want to come to the game?" And now Jesse's one of my best friends, and we've been we've been pretty tight for the last. You know, eight years. That's awesome. You know? and, and Jesse, uh, Jesse is pretty well known for his role on Rent, right? On Rent, yeah, the musical and, now and now movie. He's, now he's in the Flash. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, which is kind of tough. We, you know, I when I was filming in Calgary, I'd always go over to Vancouver and visit him, and we'd hang out. And he's uh, he's a very close, dear friend of mine. And yeah, it's just tougher to see him when he's on the other side of the world. Yeah, well, that sounds pretty exciting. And Phil, I don't know about yourself, but something I find very exciting is pizza. And sponsor of the What the Falk Show is Ferris Pizza. It's the best pizza with the best price with the most love in it. So if you ever find yourself somehow filming a movie in Central California and Bakersfield, California, please check out Ferris Pizza. Now, you talked about, you know, you talked about doing early theater work and then Law and Order. Now, can I ask you, as an actor, do you gain confidence with each coming audition? Does it get easier or are you still kind of nervous going in each time? Well, brother, I'd like to back up and let's talk about pizza for a while. Oh, I'm down. Let's do it. What is your favorite? pizza why and if you had any any toppings 
on the on the planet. Okay. What would you put on your pizza? Okay, I'm I'm fucking excited, U.S. Okay, now I'm a, I'm a pretty simple man. I'm a pretty simple American when it comes to that. So give me a nice cheese pepperoni pizza. But one thing I've added since college, I got hooked at UC Santa Barbara. They have spicy pizza. Now I love spicy pizza. Now, man, I have to have some tapatio or some kind of spice on my pizza. So and I like it crispy. I like it cooked a little bit more. Almost not like necessarily a pizza cracker. It a regular crust. Uh, thin actually. I'm a thin crust kind of guy. What about yourself? I'm glad you asked that question. Thanks so much. <laughs> uh, me myself, I, I, I'm, I'm also a spicy guy. I okay. Put hot sauce and everything. Yeah. I mean, uh, the other day I was at my buddy's bar and I, he's like, "What are you doing with a hot sauce? You just ordered a salad." <laughs> just, 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 just flow with me on this. It was a Cobb salad with a little bit of drizzle of hot sauce on it, and I tell you what, I'll spice that salad right up. <laughs> But uh, as far as uh, pizza's concerned, I mean, I love a good, I love a good sausage pizza. You give me a pepperoni. Okay. You know, it depends on where you're going too. Some are better than others. Well, now you're uh, starting to sound like an Italian, like myself. Are you? Are you part of our tribe as well? Oh, dude, listen. Any tribe that likes pizza, I'm definitely part of. Okay. And I'm telling you, a little jalapeno. Ooh. Maybe you know, if you want to get crazy, throw some banana peppers on that. Now, some people overcook the banana peppers, which is not good. Bro, I got to be honest. I sound like a layman right now. What is a banana pepper? What is that? Like those yellow peppers. Like if you go into Subway or something like that. Oh, okay. Know? Copy that. Yeah. yeah. They're kind of sweeter peppers than like a jalapeno or like a or a um, or or a, uh, a bell pepper. Okay. But uh, yeah, give me so give me a little meat, some peppers. And, uh, yeah, and obviously I gotta have a side of hot sauce, because I'm gonna drizzle the shit out of it. Yeah, well here we go, here on the What the Folk Show, we're finding common ground on hot sauce, so that's something that brings everybody together. Pizza, hot sauce is one of those things. Fuck yeah, man. So, I mean, just getting back, I just want to ask you, because, bro, we're going to get to your Hell on Wheels work, and I've always enjoyed your character, and I know I'm going to see you more and more in Dirty Weekend and your upcoming movies, but, so do you get more confident per audition, or are you just still kind of nervous each time? I think it depends on the audition, to be honest. I mean, okay. there's a lot of crap out there. Uh, sometimes, you know, I mean, not let me say there's a lot of crap out there. Well, yeah, you know what? There's a lot of crap out there. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, so certain things... Certain things are just like, ah, oh, let me just go in there and let's just do this. Um, you know, other things where you really resonate are, uh, with the character or the, the story um, really, for lack of a better way and for a ridiculously dramatic way to talk, it speaks to me, man. <laughs> and uh, so you go so you go and you do these things and, you can, and you're like, oh, shit. And you're like, you rehearse, you rehearse, you rehearse. And then, well, side note, the worst part about it is it's like, when they give you like 12 pages for the next day and you stay at home and your boys want you to come out and you're like, nope, got to focus, got to work, got to do this, got yeah. an audition at 10 in the morning, here we go. Although my agents are better, they know that I, I'm, I'm much better in the afternoon. Oh my uh, God, dude, I'm the same way. That's crazy. That's awesome. I agree. <laughs> so, then, so then you're there and then so you go in and they give you three scenes, 12 pages and then you walk up and they're like, all right, Mr. Burke, you ready to go? Yeah. Hey, we're only reading the first scene. You sons of bitch! <laughs> I will kill you. You know, because I could I could have memorized that three pages in a heartbeat. Yeah. But anyhow, but going back to what you're saying, some things are some some auditions better than others. I mean, are not better, but uh, just different. Th- yeah. You know what? Sometimes there's you know I've had a few just recently that I thought I did really well in, but uh, I didn't get the role, or I was close to, but didn't. Uh, there's a couple TV shows that are coming on now that I was very close to, but didn't. And I mean that's just the that's just the nature of the beast. I mean if you start if you start if you start worrying about that, I mean the one thing that I would say, um, and I heard Brian Cranston put it best. Um, he was talking about uh, he he talks about look, you're gonna lose, you're yeah. gonna lose, like that's it. 
yeah. you're going to lose. No matter what, the audition, everything is going against you. Hmm. I mean, being, being in a commercial, TV, film, theater, you have more of a chance to lose than win. So yeah. if you go in there knowing that you're going to lose, you know, hopefully that mentality will take the pressure off of yourself in order for you to sort of jump in there yeah. and you can and you can be yourself and trust in your choices do you and, and make it your own because the casting directors and the producer and the directors they are looking for you you are the answer you might not be their answer but they're still looking for you you know you are an answer of some kind you know you might go in there with some crazy oddball choices and they think that that's better than their original idea mm. but if you don't you if you don't allow yourself the freedom to go in there and make those wicked choices and they don't have to be completely off base they can just be different from what they initially began with and if you allow yourself that opportunity then you give yourself freedom to play around and, yeah. and, and have some fun. And and really, that's the name of the game. I mean, if you're not having fun doing this business, then get the hell out. What's the point? Um, yeah, exactly. Well, that sounds like some great advice because if you talk about it, it's a, it's a business of no. You're going to lose. So if you go in there knowing, just leave it all out on the table. You know, leave it all out there. Like, you know, if you're playing hockey or whatnot, you leave it all out on the ice, then you got nothing to lose. So it's probably, yeah. you know, you just do it from that. So, I mean, one of those opportunities that came up for you was hell on wheels. I mean, man, I, did you have any idea going in for that audition of, of how much of a life-changing thing that was going to be? No clue. Although, um, I knew, this is, a, this is a weird one too, so I knew sort of uh, going in, the casting director actually called me specifically because um, I was in for a lot of their Irish stuff and a lot of their other sort of recent movies and they had liked the, liked the cut of my jib. <laughs> and uh, I went in and, uh, <laughs> this is fucked up, so I went in and uh, I went and I gave this audition and I worked so hard and I hardly ever dress up for an audition, like I might a little bit okay. or just to sort of get the tone. But for this one, I went in like as the character, and I never do that. Okay, smart. Um, and and I went in as a character, and I gave the audition, and I came out, and I thought I was absolute garbage. I thought I was crap, and I and I, and I remember I remember I went back and I knew one of the casting directors, and she was an assistant at the time, and now she's uh, now she's moved on to bigger, better things. But I went I went into her, and I I, I recognized that. I was like, I got to go back. I got to do something. I got to do something. Mm. And I recognized people were handing over headshot. And I was like, hey, Jandis, uh, sorry, hey. Um, so I, I, I didn't get my headshot in, but I can run home and get it if you want. And she's like, uh, okay, oh, yeah, sure, Phil. I mean, yes, I guess that's if you want. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, hold on, hold on. So I go jump in the elevator. I start punching the wall going, God damn it, I fucking suck. I'm horrible. This is crap. And I went home. I ran home, grabbed I stapled together this headshot. Stapled, yeah, resume and everything. And a headshot and resume, stapled together, ran back all the way downtown, back up, and she wasn't there. <laughs> and then I was like, here's my opportunity. And so I said to the other girl behind the desk, I said, hey, uh, Amanda, Amanda wants, Amanda, Amanda, wa Amanda said she wants to talk to me. <laughs> like, what? It's like, yeah, no, uh, uh, man, it's, when I was in here earlier doing an audition, she said, uh, <laughs> you know, I should, uh, uh, maybe I should, uh, Drop should, it uh, yeah, you know, she just wants to come, she really wants to talk to me. <laughs> and then she's like, uh, okay, I guess I'll, I guess I'll check up on that. And then so she went back and she came back and she's like, yeah, no, Phil, she's way too busy right now. She said, just leave the headshot, she's fine. Yeah. 
So then, and there was a lot, and at that point, it was later in the day, so there's a lot more well-to-do actors there, and who are way bigger than I ever could have been at that point, and most of them still, really. And I was just like, son of a bitch, fuck, and I, again, back in the elevator, punching, punching, punching the wall, and I'm like, I, and I went to the subway and, like, started crying, like, I just gave up the biggest opportunity in my life, or what, I gave up a, you know, a, a, I, I, did, I just didn't. I didn't do what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then I went back home. I remember yelling at myself and my mom and I was mowing the lawn and my mom goes, what? I was, I was, I flew up to Toronto to visit my parents. It was my, it was my best friend's wedding actually, I think. And anyway, so I go, uh, I go back and mow the lawn. I'm just yelling at myself while mowing the lawn, clearly thinking nobody's going to hear me. Mm-hmm. My mom just belts out, Philip, what the hell is going on? Who the hell are you talking to? <laughs> I was like, Ma, so sorry, I don't know. She's like, what's going on? Why are you so down? And I said, well, you know, I, I really shit the bed on this audition, I think. And, you know, I just really, it should have been mine. And I, it should have been my kid. Nah, I'm just, I feel bad. She said, should be all right. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So then, four weeks later, three weeks, four weeks later, I wow. get a call. that I'm the only guy they're looking at in New York. And I ended up. Oh man, this story can continue. But anyhow, lo and behold, I get the call. I ended up having to tape here. I would, they, it was too late for me to fly to LA to test. And uh, I made the short list of four or five. I went, I did it, and uh, they got me off the tape. And then getting to Calgary is a whole other story. But I know this is only an hour show, so I won't bore you with that. No, no, you're not boring at all. Well, I, I would ask you then, you know, if you talk about your motivation to start with Dance with Wolves, which was a Western themed show. Were you just already stoked? Did you feel like, wow, this is it? Like, this is what all these years have been waiting for? Like, is, was it, were you more ready, you think, for the Western because of that than if you had to do, like, a, you know, you've done other shows playing present day, but was Western, you felt like, it was kind of your niche at that point? No, not at all. No? Not really, no. I mean, I played Irish characters before in plays and, you know, and, you know, in another, another show and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. No, I wasn't really thinking about the genre, to be honest. It wasn't until later until you're actually involved in it and then you sort of go to yourself Wow. I mean, I used to have this wonderful cook that I worked with. It was a South African guy, Omar Drami. And I remember him telling me when I was 21, he's like, Phil, I can see you in a Western. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, man, I can't believe he's got to be some sort of suits there. Yeah. <laughs> behold, I am in a Western. It's my first sort of big regular role. And uh, it's just it's it's just very funny how it all sort of came into place. Call it funny, call it fake, call it... yeah. You know, call it power of power of thought. It doesn't really matter. I never really tried to be in a Western. I'm just trying to pay my rent. Yeah, exactly. You're just trying to work. You're just trying to be a working actor. Well, I can tell you, man, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your arse, you know, as, as they say on the other yeah. side of the ocean. But uh, I really enjoyed Hell on Wheels, man. I'm a Western fan when it's good. You know, Tombstone, you know, uh, some of the old Clint Eastwood ones. I love Kurt Russell and Tombstone. I love that one. So when I started watching Hell on Wheels, I was really into it. And your character, Mickey McGinnis, I really like the transition. You come in and obviously you're supportive of your brother, but you start getting more and more confident. You have to get a little bit, you have to get more and more aggressive and assertive because of the way where you're at. I mean, it's such a tough place, such a, uh, you know, down in the, down in the mud place. You kind of had to grow and you kind of had to become a predator yourself. What was it like? Did you, were you, was that how you saw Mickey going in the first place? Or were you as surprised as the audience in terms of how the character grew? I think that, I, I mean, in, a, in the, the TV machine, you know, um, the writers and producers really are the, they're, they're, they're the ones that have the most power. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they definitely gave us some they gave they allowed us a little bit of input and then sort of more down the road there was a little bit more input and then when they when they gauge you and sort of who you are and what you want to do and all this kind of jazz not that i'm anything like mickey to be fair 
Mm. But, uh, um, although I wouldn't mind owning a brothel. Yeah, why not? But, uh, no, I mean, um, I did, no, I had no, I had no clue. You know, I, 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 at the beginning, I know Ben and I, even the first day that we hung out, you know, we were having dinner, we both agreed that, you know, one of us is going to go at some point. Yeah. And, uh, that's just good storytelling. Unless there was something else that would come around, but, you know, it's Cain and Abel. Something, somebody's have, somebody's going to have to go. Yeah. Somebody's so going to have to. We knew that somebody was going to go, um. Initially, I was told that I was the one who was going to go, but then things turned really? around when they sort of saw what I was doing and things that were sort of turning around. So I'm very thankful to them for recognizing that and allowing me to continue the story forward. Um, but no. as, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I remember in season two, uh, one of the writers call, or called me up and said, Phil, where are you seeing Mickey going? And I was like, what if he what if he becomes Steve McQueen like out or alive? He's like a bounty hunter. What if he's a bounty hunter? Yeah. He's like, yeah. like, I don't, know. like nah, I, I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> okay. No problem. Well, okay, so speaking I know you've been asked this before and I have to ask because I remember watching the special features when I bought season one and season two and so forth. I mean the elements in Canada, you know, was that I mean, were you kinda used to that growing up in that area or was it as challenging as it appeared having a production in that kind of area? in toronto so okay so uh, yeah pretty that's completely uh not, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's on the other side of the country i mean that's that's a uh that's uh that's mountain country that's rockies yeah um, no i was not used to it i didn't know they had a, a season called monsoon june <laughs> uh, you know i didn't know uh we could get hail in the middle of july uh we get hail at any time really i remember one time i was like, <laughs> i was <laughs> I was there, and Colum and I, Colomini and I, finished work, and he goes, Phil, Jesus Christ, you have to come over here. You'll never guess. Come over here. And so I, it's a great I, impression, by the way. I love the impression. And it was like his block was the only block that got snow. <laughs> like no, not other block than where he was staying got snow, and on the balcony, he had about two and a half feet in one corner of just snow and hail. Wow. And nobody else... Like you can see across the street, it's perfectly green <laughs> for whatever reason. For whatever reason, he got home. dumped on his dumped on his porch. It was hysterical. And calm, that probably had to be a pretty big deal. I mean, he's a huge Irish actor. I mean, so many oh, different man, movies from Star is, Trek. Was, he's in one was, of my favorite movies of all time. I would hope you've seen it. Have you seen Layer Cake by Matthew Vaughn? He stars in that. Me? I have two copies. Oh, dude, so you got some great taste, dude. We got pizza in common. We got spicy food. And we got some great films in common. So right now here on the What the Fuck Show, you know, here on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod, Directory, my parents' phone, or the text message I just sent you, people are starting to see uh, what's going on here on the show. So, Hell on Wheels. I've been part of shows where you rap, and it's so emotional. Was it pretty emotional that last year? This last the rap day, you know, that final martini. Um. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where, you know, I always consider Hell on Wheels. I mean, I never went to third level education. Uh, you know, I went to drama school. But for me, I got to learn so much. I mean, I was part of pretty much every crew. Uh, when I wasn't working in front of the camera, you know, I utilized the time up there in Calgary and um, and where we were shooting in order to learn from everybody else. Uh, you know, I worked with the camera crew and the, uh, the gaffers, the locations, props. I did locations one day, like just, just you know, I, I, I would. Um, That's I, awesome. I'd be, I'd, I'd shadow the directors, especially the deal of Him and I are good buddies now because of the show and all this kind of stuff. And we, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was. Uh, it, I, I think it, it. I consider it my educate, my third level education, my university, and my real sort of introduction as far as 
on camera, um, the, the, the machine, I keep going back calling it the machine, which is exactly what it is, the machine of television. Yeah. Um, you know, really trying to soak up as much and learn as much, you know, eyes open, uh, mouth shut, you know, ears wider, that sort of deal. Do your um, job. You're there to do your job and you're there to listen and then do what you're told, right? So it's pretty simple from there, right? Yeah, and have a bunch of fun. And, yeah. You know, we had, but I think the emotional part about it wasn't necessarily, I mean, it had to end at some point. I mean, the railway gets connected. Yeah. They had <laughs> although, to... although there is there is a movement, much like the Sanders movement, there is a movement out there yeah. about Mickey P.I., which is the spinoff. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying, you know, you versus the Pinkertons and go from there. It could be pretty awesome. You know, Deadwood. Well, wait. Mickey somewhere, Pinkertons are fine, or me in San Francisco. Yeah. I pick up a little sidekick. It's like Murder, She Wrote. But with sort of a, a, like, really, there's some real sort of Deadwood-type death. Oh, and Deadwood is this next day. Those are my two favorite Western shows, by the way. As anybody who knows good TV, it's Hell on Wheels and it's Deadwood, you know. So the fact that you guys were as good as that show shows the skill of that. And as you know, let me go ahead and say, so we'll go ahead and have the What the Falk show. I'll be the correspondent for the new Mickey P.I. show. Can we go ahead and agree on that now? Is that cool? I, I agree with you whole hundred billion percent. Okay, I'm Falk. Telling you, it's, I'm telling you, it's going to be great. It's like, you know... It's going to be Murder, She Wrote, meets Magnum P.I., with a whole lot of Deadwood death. <laughs> Fuck yeah, brother. Well, I'm down. Okay, you talked about Neil LeBute, which I want to get into, because you guys have worked together a few times now, from Alley and Alley to Dirty Weekend, and he's a huge, just hugely successful playwright, very talented from the shape of things, from the Broadway play, and then for the shape of things for the film they made. He's obviously directed a lot of episodes of Hell on Wheels, so was that connection built just from Alley and Alley and then Hell on Wheels, or you guys have kind of become uh, a Billy collaborative Billy. team? Billy and Billy, sorry, yeah. No, so. no, no, I sort of the first day, and I've been such a huge Butte fan my whole life, really, even back in high school. I just yeah. really dug his stuff, and uh, ever since I first saw him in the Company of Men, really. Yeah. And um, then uh, I, I found out that he was directing a show, and I was like, oh man. And then sort of we just sort of we kind of just started goofing off with each other and laughing, and he kept on breaking my balls, and okay, and like we'd be we'd be doing like a scene, or we'd be rehearsing, and we'd do it and be like yeah that's, that's that's pretty good as long as we can replace Phil in this scene can we replace Phil he's pretty shit at acting can we get him around can we get him out of here yeah. and then so we just started breaking each other's balls and then I remember I showed up with one of my favorite plays in a dark dark house and I I, I, I travel with it usually and uh, most most times um, especially when I'm going on location somewhere I travel with a few books and plays that uh, I like to just have in my in my space i suppose and i was traveling with it and i got him to i got i got him to sign it and then he goes he signed it shit i'm looking at it right now he goes here you go bitch <laughs> and it signed neil abute we've become great buds and uh uh yeah we've done a couple of plays together now a few readings and um yeah no it's uh it's been a blessing that him and i have uh been able to continue working together and uh are just uh you know moreover we're just becoming uh better and better friends and uh, yeah. i love that guy i got it, tons of time and uh i'd go to the ends of the earth for that man what do you talk about in the company of men um you, you have a um you have a, um, in the shape of things you have dirty weekend his storytelling his writing has been about kind of kind of showing the real side of humans that you don't get to see like the not pretty side of human beings that they don't show on nbc abc you know kind of those ugly sides that we really all do have now dirty weekend you were with uh, matthew broderick obviously huge actor you with alice eve who don't tell my girlfriend but she's she's a very very pretty woman. Um, what was it like? Uh, what was it like working on that project? Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I mean, it was great. Um, Matthew 
funny enough, used to come into my bar quite regularly. Really? So, yeah, when I was working bar over on the west side in New York, uh, he would come in uh, quite often, and we had some of the, we had similar overlapping circles, you know, like, okay. a, like a Venn diagram. Yeah. And uh, we, so I knew him. He didn't recognize me because I had long hair and a beard, but we'd be at, you know, I remember, you know, we'd see each other at mirrors and just through at other friends' birthday parties and stuff. So once we sort of made that connection back, then, uh, you know, Maddie and I, we, you know, I was like, oh, shit, yeah, all right. And then uh, him and I are both big, huge baseball fans. And so we had uh, that in common. And, you know, we were just spending a bunch of time in a cab together. So you do nothing but talk. And then, uh, yeah, it was lovely meeting Alice. And uh, we had a blast, you know. I, Neil and I, I like to think we speak the same language. And going back to what he's saying about his writing, I mean, one of the things that attracts me to all his work, um, his plays and his, and his TV that he writes and all this kind of stuff, is the fact that I think he, he speaks people's... Uh, he, he writes unknown thoughts, mm. as in not unknown thoughts. It's more. Let me phrase this again. Unspoken. He writes the way people think. Yeah. Okay. Without, without filtering it, does that make sense? Yeah, it does, and, and it's true. It, and it's certainly for me, someone who doesn't enjoy, you know, some of the two simple kind of shows. I like the writing that's a little bit more in depth and and kind of shows the the human uh, the human side. And I certainly I, I enjoy his work and I enjoy your work with him. So well, here on the What the Fog show and all the listeners out there, we're very much looking forward to your future project now. And speaking of future projects, we have Toss It and then we have Call Sheet. Now Call Sheet, I'm going to assume that has to do with entertainment. Am I right or am I off base? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we just finished that uh, I don't know, a couple months ago now I suppose. We filmed that in the Poconos on a shoestring budget and um uh it was yeah uh michael's wonderful director was you know it was cool i mean it's more it's about it's sort of a movie within a movie and it's a uh, horror suspense and nice very genre specific so we'll see how that goes but uh, i met some wonderful people on that so that was a bonus and then uh tasa we're actually starting tomorrow morning nice so we'll see, how, see what that is it's more of a another sort of independent film um uh romantic comedy if you will okay and uh yeah i play the guy so uh, <laughs> you play we'll, the we'll guy see. heck yeah. yeah now so you do have an early call time you had you're gonna go ahead and do your early call time tomorrow couldn't get an afternoon one yeah no i mean, when it comes to, <laughs> I mean auditions are one thing but yeah. when it comes to when it comes to the uh to the job you gotta be there when they tell you absolutely man just to have the work is a blessing right Absolutely. Absolutely. If you want to go, you know, if you can, Phil, if you want, you know, maybe you're in a place around kids or people who don't necessarily like the curse word. So if you say Falk, it's technically not a curse word. You can use that. You say, oh, Falk, did you just curse? No, I didn't. I just said someone's last name. Go ahead and check out their show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Directory. So you don't have to say all those wow, words. That's- and I'm going to throw that all in. It's, it's a mouthful right there. Well, can I ask you, um, Phil, here we're going to get to the part of the show. I got some rapid-fire questions, just a few questions you can't prepare for, just right off the top of your head, and go ahead and give me your falcon answer. You ready? Love it. Okay, first question. Uh, which superpower would you have? Uh, oh, I, 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 like to, I like to disappear. Okay, so invisibility? Yeah. Okay. Like just sort of invisibility or, or ooh, what if? Like uh, like uh, like a chameleon. Like you can just change into your surroundings. Ooh, I like it. Okay, yeah, that works. That works. I like that. Okay, next one. Uh, this is what we do every weekend on the show. Every week, would you rather have a pet dragon or a ninja talking monkey? Well, I'm Philberg Ninja. That's my at Philberg Ninja. Uh, this is my Twitter that I just started a few weeks ago. Okay. So I think just 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 to keep the brand together. Because of that, the brand, the Falcon I think brand. It would have to be a ninja monkey. 
Okay, and you actually, you already answered the one movie that brought you here, which is great. Um, Fucking Dances with Wolves, a great movie. I love that. Kevin Costner's the man. Now, so I'll go ahead and ask this. Is there like a Canadian or Irish uh, Irish dish that, you know, the American listeners wouldn't know much about that you just love? Oh, somebody asked me this the other day, actually, funny enough. Um, there is, a, I mean, an Irish breakfast, a real true Irish breakfast with sauces, rashers, you know, two eggs over easy, some potatoes, just fried potatoes on the side little black and white pudding, uh, the fried tomato, some beans, mm. like a real, you know, a real Irish breakfast, a good fry up. That is, that is fantastic. That would be, if I was heading to the chair, that would be my last meal. What? And then as far as uh, Canadian dishes are concerned, I mean, you can, you can go sort of, you know, you go the French sort of poutine, tortillere, or you can go sort of, you know, the back bacon which is just bacon in canada uh a little pea meal bacon is bacon in canada but what i do love when i go back to toronto is the street meat there the hot dogs in toronto are the Mm. best in the world Mm. for two bucks you can get a fat huge hot dog or italian sausage or a mild sausage or a polish sausage for a toonie and then you got all the toppings you want i'm talking three types of mustard four types of ketchup i'm talking two types of relish Cream corn, bacon bits, jalapenos, I'm talking hot sauce, I'm talking barbecue sauce, mayonnaise, you name it, they got it. Sweet peppers, hot peppers. You want a lady on top of that? That comes with a tuna. For two dollars, man, that's a fucking great deal. Oh, Phil, hey, I gotta tell you, man. Um, you know, I say this to all my guests, but I, I, abs- I absolutely mean it every time, and I mean it this time especially, bro. You've been a great fucking guest on the show. I appreciate you coming on, man. Super entertaining. You gave some great point of view, some great insight, and uh, I absolutely know the listeners are gonna enjoy it. Yeah, dude. And if I have you on, if it's cool, some of my guests I'm starting to do now with your awesome accent, can you give me maybe just like a sentence or a promo you would do for the What the Falk Show? Like, hey, this is Phil Burke and I'm on the What the Falk Show this week or anything you'd want to say, I'll go ahead and record this. I'll have this on the next week's episode. Sure, sure, of course. Yeah. How's it going? My name's Phil Burke. Uh, I'm on the What the Falk Show. No idea what the fuck I'm doing here. Mother Falker called me up and I'm fucking doing it. But uh, join in, tune in, have a laugh and a great time. And just fucking be responsible. <laughs> that was that was fucking awesome, man. So okay, last thing. Sorry, you talked about your Twitter um, at at Ninja Phil Burke, and are you on Instagram? Uh, Instagram as well, so the listeners can find you. Yeah, it's at Phil Burke Ninja, and then the Instagram is uh, hashtag Philly Burks. Hashtag Philly Burks. Okay, buddy, and this will be coming out in two weeks. It'll be on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Directory. I'll literally be texting any and everyone who will listen to it. And as you know, there's a whole boatload of uh, Hell on Wheels fans out there, so they're going to go and listen too. And once again, Phil, I fucking appreciate it, man. You have a great evening, and you have a wonderful time on your new episode, or your new, uh, your new project tomorrow. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Okay. Uh, I motherfucking look forward to seeing you again, bud. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Bye. All right, mate. Good luck. You too. Now, that super entertaining fellow was Phil Burke. Obviously, we talk about him being a lead as Mickey McGinnis on AMC's Hell on Wheels the last five years. Talked about his work on Law & Order, The Good Wife, The Nick for Cinemax. The guy does many great, amazing things. And you can see he's a really entertaining guest and a really funny guy. So I think you're really going to enjoy all of his work. And we'll look forward to his future projects like Call Sheet and Toss It. This is Connor Falk with What the Falk Show. Find it through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Directory, my parents' phone, and the text message I just sent you. You can find me on Twitter at MyWTFShow, on Instagram, MyWTFShow, SoundCloud, MyWTFShow, Facebook, MyWTFShow. Basically, you find M-Y-W-T-F-S-H-O-W, and it's me, it's Connor Falk on What the Falk Show. Absolutely appreciate you listening and taking the time. Had a great time talking with Phil. Have a great time talking to all my guests. I really appreciate the opportunity that I get to do this. Try to provide some insight and some point of view in the industry, whether it's entertainment, sports, food, medical, whatever it is. Hopefully some witty 
quality informational conversation interview format that made your day a little better. Stop listening to the same song for the eighth time on the radio. Fuck that. Talk to you next week and uh, thanks for listening.